listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Tuesday show for you. We're going to talk a little bit more about NBA All-Star Weekend because the day after, yesterday, so many experts in the world had opinions on it. We're going to go over some of those. Some thought they had a solution. We will go over that as well. We're also going to talk about the game itself. I didn't spend too much time yesterday on the game itself, but there's something we got to talk about in regards to the All-Star game. Then we're also going to talk about LeBron and all the rumors that popped up last week, a week after the trading deadline that said, oh, yeah, the Golden State Warriors wanted him. And it's like nobody is saying that that's actually true, including LeBron and Draymond Green. LeBron's saying it's first I heard about it when you guys heard about it. So we'll discuss that and a couple other things. We'll get to all that momentarily. This podcast brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team, and remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. So in yesterday's podcast, I spent a lot of time talking about what happened on Friday, what happened on Saturday. I briefly brought up what happened in the actual game. And I said, look, what do you expect? I said it last year. I'll say it this year. This is what this game is. It's an exhibition. These guys don't care. Why should we? So then, of course, yesterday, all the sports talk shows and all the talking heads on television needed to give their opinions on the NBA All-Star Game, and they were acting like this was some crime to humanity, what they do to the game, and it's a farce or whatever. But it's like, you guys, this is what the game has been for at least the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years? They don't try. And it was interesting Because after the game, the players were talking about it, and even the players involved in the game really don't have any solutions. LeBron said, I think it's something we need to figure out. Obviously, from a player's perspective, it's fun to go down up and down, but at the end of the day, our competitive nature don't like to have free-flowing scoring like that. But I think the good thing that came out of tonight was none of the players were injured, and everybody came out unscathed or how they were before the game started. So it's a deeper conversation. Obviously, the fans and the league and everybody wants to be competitive, but then you also ask the players – Think about trying not to get hurt. Obviously, injuries are part of the game. This is actually now Anthony Davis saying this. Obviously, injuries are part of the game, and no one wants to get hurt in the All-Star game. All these guys here are very valuable to their teams. So it's some mixed emotions about it. You try and go out there and compete a little bit and not just be a highlight show, but at the same time, do you guys really want to see somebody going down for a dunk and somebody going to contest it and, God forbid, something happens in the All-Star game where it could have been avoided? I mean, I think Anthony Davis just laid it out there perfectly for everybody that's why this game can never matter because it's played in the be in the middle of the season and these guys aren't going to contest somebody going to the rim they're not going to take a chance on landing on somebody's foot and spraining an ankle or breaking a leg or god knows what concussions it's never going to happen as long as this game is in the middle of the season and i don't think anybody's going to care about playing an all-star game at the end of the nba season that's not going to happen so People can throw out every suggestion they want about this game, how to make it better, how to improve it, but Anthony Davis just laid it out there for you because 
it is still a basketball game where you can get hurt planting, running up and down the court, jumping, landing on somebody's foot. They are never, ever, ever going to go all out in this game. It's just not going to happen. You could say, well, they did in the 80s and 90s. What changed? I don't know. The fact that these guys are making $50 million a season now, they can't afford to get hurt. And you can ask yourself, how many people have been injured in the NBA All-Star game? I don't even know what the answer is. Probably not many. And if they were, maybe they missed a couple games. I don't remember anybody getting hurt in the All-Star game and missing the rest of the season. But you're talking about the 80s and 90s when I'm sorry, it's just a different game. And players were so much more valuable now than they were back then. I mean, they were great players back then. Don't get me wrong. But they weren't taking up $50 million of your salary cap. I guarantee if you ask any owner or ask any coach of any of these players making $30, $40, $50 million, they'd say, please just don't play in that game. Just don't even chance it. And that's essentially what Anthony Davis says. Look, we got to play the game because we were voted in. People want to see us. But do you really want to see us go hard and contest somebody trying to dunk? <laughs> it's not going to happen ever, ever. So what do you do? Bill Simmons, a guy who I follow, a guy who indirectly is responsible for me as a podcaster, and he doesn't even know it. He brought up something yesterday on his YouTube channel. And he said, what's the one thing? How do we change this? How do we make it better? And he said, let's go back to 1991, NBA All-Star Game in Charlotte. I didn't remember it. Bill is a historian when it comes to NBA stuff. The fact that he knew this, I mean, he probably had to look it up a little bit, but he probably remembered most of it. He probably had to look up the statistics. Basically, 1991 All-Star Game, it was in Charlotte. The final score was the East, 116-114 over the West. And he said, look at the box score. The East, the winning team, went 0 for 7 from three-point range. The West, lost by two, went four of 12. So they were four for 19 for the game in three-point shooting. He said, there's your answer. In the All-Star game now, eliminate the three-point shot. We don't want to see guys shooting from 45 feet. It's making a mockery of the game. (laughs) Now, I didn't get into this yesterday because I guess I didn't realize it. Did you see how many three-pointers were shot in in Sunday's All-Star game? 168. The West was 25 of 71 from three, and the East was 42 of 97 from three. So that's 67 of 168. The East took 97 threes and 49 twos. The West took 71 threes and 72 twos. Now, Bill Simmons knows more about basketball. He's forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know. He is an encyclopedia when it comes to series, teams, MVPs. He knows a lot. I'm just telling you, this isn't a solution for the game either. I mean, if we're praising how good the three-point contest is on Saturday night, and we want to move that to the main event of Saturday night, and we know that the NBA surrounds three-point shooting. It's all about three-point shooting now in today's day and age. You really can't win a title unless you have quality three-point shooting. 
I don't think you can just remove that from the All-Star game and watch a bunch of 17-foot jumpers and dunks. That's what the game would become. As crazy as it is and as silly as it is, guys pulling up from 40 feet and shooting it, I'm sorry, but if it's made, we like seeing that. I am not at all disappointed when threes are shot from 40 feet in their all-star game. Not in the least bit. You know what does bore me? When a guy drives down the middle of the lane and it parts like the Red Sea and he dunks it. What is exciting about that? Anybody can do that when you're six foot eight, six foot nine, and nobody's guarding you. Not everybody can pull up from 40 like Damian Lillard and Steph Curry. Man, I had no idea it was that many. Holy shit. 168 threes were taken in Sunday's game. The East shot 97 threes and only shot 40, uh, 49 twos. They almost shot twice as many threes as twos. It's funny to think about, but everyone that I heard on TV yesterday, nobody gave a good solution. You know why? Because the NBA players are going to dictate how that game goes. We've talked about all-star games. In the NFL, they were just like, we can't keep doing this anymore. This We're putting guys in pads, and it's becoming two-hand touch. So that's why they went to what they've done for the last two years, which at least is interesting. Flag football game, I find that interesting. All those mini challenges in between on Thursday and Sunday, I- I'm fine with that. The Major League Baseball All-Star Game is the best All-Star Game, and it's not even close, because you can't half try in a baseball game. You know, you can half try and trot up and down the court in a basketball game easily. All you have to do is watch on Sunday. These guys don't play any defense, so they're half trying. They're trying to make a shot when they shoot. They're trying to make a dunk when they can. But are they playing any defense? No, there's no effort. You can't do that in a baseball game. The pitcher's not going to go up there and just throw 70-mile-an-hour fastballs right down the middle. And even if he does, once the ball is hit, what is the defense going to do? Just let it roll to the wall and not pick it up and let a guy get it inside the park home run? No, you're going to play defense, and that's why it's the best one. It's not certainly the most entertaining, but it's certainly the best game, and it's not close. Even the NHL All-Star game, not a lot of defense play there. A lot of goals scored in that one. So, you know... Maybe we shouldn't get too worked up about all-star games in general because they are what they are. They're just entertainment. So why anybody would lose their mind over how this is disgraceful and they should cancel the game and they should cancel the dunk contest? No. Just have it every year and maybe not give it as much coverage as it should. You know, maybe that's the key. Let's not talk about it nonstop. That's all the shows talked about yesterday. I spent maybe a minute and a half on it. Granted, I spent 10 minutes now, but I spent 10 minutes talking about what those people were talking about and telling you there's nothing you can do to change it. I don't think you're ever going to get the NBA players to play hard in that game. They've tried it with giving them their own teams to draft. They've tried it with incentive. They tried it with the Elam ending. They tried it. Nothing's working. So if you have an idea out there that you think that's going to make these guys try, go ahead. I mean, the only thing that would make these guys try, two things. Number one, a boatload of money, which I don't even know if that would do the trick because that's the whole point. It's an exhibition game, and if they're going hard and they kind of try and block a guy's dunk or something like that, injuries are more likely to happen. So I don't even know if money would be enough incentive. 
The second thing would be kind of like how they did it in baseball. Like, hey, the winner of this game grants home field advantage to the American or National League. I mean, I don't even know if that would do it now that I think about it because it's the same reason why I didn't think that was a big deal in baseball because you got so many guys on that team that play at the All-Star game that were like, well, what do we care? I'm on the Royals. We're not making the playoffs, so if we lose, big deal. If we win, I'm not going to get home field advantage. So I think the same thing would apply maybe to NBA. It's like they wouldn't care if home court advantage was granted to the conference that won the All-Star game. I don't think that would be it either. I've really run out of ideas. The question becomes, what can you do to make the NBA players play hard? And I can't think of one thing. If anybody's got an idea, please email me because I just haven't thought of anything. You can email me at steve at realitysteve.com. One of the rumors that took off over NBA All-Star Weekend was the fact that the Golden State Warriors apparently had contacted the Lakers about, hey, can we bring LeBron up here? (laughs) And people were like, wait, LeBron, Golden State Warriors, what? Where is this even coming from? Considering the Lakers played well heading into the All-Star break. Like, it seems like this is exactly where they hit their stride last season, right after the All-Star break. They are hitting it seemingly a little bit before the All-Star break. But LeBron was asked about it, and he's like, I'm a Laker and I'm happy, and I've been very happy being a Laker the last six years, and hopefully it stays that way. But I don't have the answer to how long it is or which uniform I'll be in. Hopefully it's with the Lakers. It's a great organization, so many greats, but we'll see. And, you know, he said he didn't hear about that actual trade until it got out and was publicly out there. And then, according to the story, James LeBron's, like, apparent discontent with the Lakers motivated Draymond Green to encourage the Warriors' owner to call Lakers' owner Jeannie Buss to inquire about trading for him. Buss, Jeannie Buss, according to the report, directed Lacob, uh, the owner of the Warriors, to speak to uh, LeBron James' agent, Rich Paul. And Rich Paul told him, like, look, he's not going anywhere. But LeBron is saying that was never, it never happened. I was never interested. I didn't know about this. I didn't know this was all going on behind my back. And Draymond said, I never went to anybody and said, go get him. So the story is out there and somebody's wrong or lying. It's very well possible that the Golden State Warriors placed a phone call, but I think it comes down to, well, how close was this to even happening? If it was just, hey, Warriors reached out to LeBron's agent, LeBron's agent said no, and that was it. I mean, that's not a story, really. Because, you know, seemingly everyone is now refuting ESPN's report that the Warriors tried to pursue him, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. It could just be people just not wanting to say anything. LeBron said, I actually heard about it when everyone else heard about it. It never even got to me. I heard it when people, when the reports dropped as well. So I, I, I just can't, I, I'm not sure how to, to take it. Now, Draymond actually confirmed the trade talks happened and he discussed them with his agent because Draymond's agent is LeBron's agent. But he claimed he wasn't involved from the Warriors' side. He said, something came over to my desk, and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Let me dive in a little bit. I didn't initiate these talks, but there were talks. So it sounds like the talks happened, but it was literally maybe the second Rich Paul, LeBron's agent, said, he ain't going anywhere. 
it ended. So how important do those talks become if it didn't last more than 30 seconds or a minute, you know? I haven't talked a lot of golf on here. I'm probably not going to talk golf again until the Masters. But there's two things I want to talk about that happened at the Genesis Open this past weekend. Tiger Woods had to withdraw due to uh, the flu. And then Jordan Spieth getting disqualified because he signed the wrong scorecard. This has always been a pet peeve of mine when it came to golf. For those that don't know, when you play a round of golf as a professional, let's say there's two people in the group. Let's say Jordan Spieth is playing with his buddy, Justin Thomas. Jordan Spieth, when you see him on the green writing down scores, they keep each other's scores. Jordan Spieth is keeping Justin Thomas's score, and Justin Thomas is keeping Jordan Spieth's score. Now, each player writes their own score, like at the top of the scorecard, but at the end of the round, Justin Spieth hands his card to Justin Thomas, and Justin Thomas looks over his scores, and then you sign it. We've had a few instances in the past where wrong scorecards were signed and people were disqualified or given a penalty. I don't understand, number one, how you could have the wrong scorecard. Because on one hole, Justin Spieth got a bogey, but a scorecard said par. So either he wasn't giving a care in the world and just zipping through his scorecard so he can sign it, but even in the scorer's tent, you've got a scorer right there who's got an electronic scoreboard of everything that happened, and you go over every hole. How do you just sign the wrong scorecard knowing you got a bogey on a hole, but the scorecard says you got a par? How did nobody not correct him? How did his caddy not say anything? How did the official scorer not say anything? I don't know how this stuff happens, but the other thing I find ridiculous about the whole thing is you're disqualified from the tournament? Really? You can never play another hole the rest of how much of the tournament is left because you signed a wrong scorecard? I'm guessing none of these guys were trying to cheat on a scorecard. If you want to cheat in the fairway or the sand, whatever. Very few even do that. But I don't think any of them are trying to cheat on the scorecard. So then it becomes, he made a mistake. I don't know how he made a mistake. It's a stupid mistake, and the mistake is all on him. But come on. He should not get barred from the rest of the tournament. Just give him a two-stroke penalty and be done with it. Such a horrible, horrible rule, honestly. Who comes up with this stuff? I mean, look, golf is about as, you know, buttoned up country club as you can get and they have rules i mean look I'll, I'll admit it growing up my family belonged to a country club a local country club and yes you could not wear flip-flops in the clubhouse like it's very very country clubbish and they have their rules and while it's uppity you have to abide by them and this isn't necessarily a country club rule. It's just a golf rule, but just it goes with the sport of golf. That's very snotty, spoiled, stubborn. They, they've got their silly rules. This is one they can easily change. You don't need to ban a guy from the tournament because he signed the wrong scorecard. Let's, let's be a little more open here, shall we? As for Tiger, man, this guy can't catch a break. He basically shanked one on 18 on Thursday because he said his back 
uh, flared up on him. How is this guy ever going to play four rounds of golf without getting some sort of stiffness or injury? Like, if you're planning on betting Tiger Woods in any event this year, your first bet, if you want to bet the positive about him, would be betting him to make the cut because he's never going to be minus money to make the cut because on any given round, this guy's back can freeze up on him. And we've just seen it. He's not been relevant on the PGA Tour since he won his last Masters, which I believe was 2019. He's not making any noise. Like, look, this is the first time he's played in almost, I think, this past weekend was the first time he played in almost a year. He's just not doing anything on the tour. And he's going to try and play once a month. Like, do you think, honestly, a guy who's been through as many surgeries as he had, trying to play once a month on the PGA Tour, he's going to do anything relevant? If he makes it to the weekend, that's a positive sign for Tiger. And it's just it's just sad to look at because 20 years ago when we saw this guy playing, he was the greatest golfer we've ever seen. So it's got to be tough for him, I'm sure. But when you're that injured and you've had that many surgeries, golf might be one of the toughest sports you can play. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review. Please, please press play if you miss an episode. It looks like we're back in the fold. We had a glitch on Friday's podcast, but we're all good now. So thank you all for listening. Pass it along to your friends. Let them know about it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. Three, two, three.